Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the safe space created for black women by black women to strip away the taboo of talking about mental health. You'll hear from mental health professionals and advocates as well as black women sharing their experiences as we break down the complexities, explore ways to heal and support each other. My name is Ashley, I'm your host. Whether you're a seasoned regular or this is your first time tuning in, thank you so much for your support. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, everyone. Hi, this is Ashley, your host, and this is another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2, the mental health podcast where we can come together, talk about mental health, heal, and just kind of catch up in, in what's going on. So today we have a special guest. Um, if you listen to the podcast frequently, or if you've recently listened to the podcast, you've probably heard our last episode with Amber Johnson. Um, she is back today. I'm really excited. Um, Amber Johnson is a sex therapist and um, really excited to have her back on the podcast. We had a really, we had a lot of fun last time um, and learned a lot. So Amber, welcome back. Hello. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Yes, definitely. Um, So if you didn't already know, Amber is, like I said, a sex therapist. She's got a master's degree in marriage and family therapy with a specialization um, in sex therapy. Um, she's educated and trained in most mainstream contemporary approaches to psychotherapy, um, certified for parent rich facilitator, all of the things she's doing all of the things. Um, so Amber, do you want to tell, um, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're located? Yeah. So you covered all the, all the good stuff. I'm located in Georgia. So the, um, Smyrna Vinings area, um, but I do see people across the so I am telehealth that works as well. Um, yeah, you actually covered the basics. Okay, cool. Are you near Atlanta at all? Or are you like more Savannah? Like no, where- Atlanta. So Atlanta. you know how the Braves just won the World Series, and people were talking about the Marietta Braves. We're definitely Atlanta. So Smyrna is on. Um, is close to like we're ten minutes, like okay. down the down the road. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure like where in Georgia you were, but that makes sense. Do you spend a lot of time in Atlanta? I do. I absolutely do. Um, try to stay away from the malls in the bucket area because there's been some crime, but, um, I definitely, yeah, my, we're on the line of Fulton County, um, and like Cobb. So we're right smack in the middle of, of the swim area. I'm always, yeah. Great restaurants, so many things to do. Yeah. Um, I was just out the other day. There's an ice skating rink over um, in Colony Square. Okay. I think it's on the on the hush hush right now because it was not very crowded. Oh, well, that's um, always good to get in like get yeah. in early. <laughs> yeah. Are, do they still have the underground mall out there? You know what? That's a really good question. I'm not sure. Okay. That's like went, downtown, like, downtown. Yeah. Yeah. I went years ago. I used to go out there for basketball. Like this yeah. is now a long time ago now that I'm saying this but yeah um me and my teammates used to like run around the underground mall and like buy like mixed cds and I would be uh-huh. so hyped to get the you know the mixed cds from Atlanta and I come home yes. to Vegas and have all this new music nobody knew about oh <laughs> uh, those are the times yes underground Atlanta I you know that's a good question I'll have to I don't know if it's still I'm sure some version of it still exists yeah 
Yeah, I'm curious to know. So let me know if you find out. I will. <laughs> um, so today we are going to be talking a little bit about, a lot of bit about um, relationships. And um, I know last episode, I was trying not to dive too deep into it because I kind of wanted to save it and really um, kind of just like spend some time diving into relationships from your perspective as a sex therapist. I know last time we spoke, um, you talked about like working with couples, um, but also working with people that may kind of be like entering a relationship or potentially exiting a relationship or trying to figure out what to do. Um, so yeah, I figured who better to ask the sex therapist. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as far as like a healthy relationship, like relationships, of course, look different across the board and um, it doesn't necessarily have to be in terms of like man, woman, like I guess hetero relationships, but just relationships between two people. How would you describe a, a healthy relationship between two people? Lots of communication. That should be like the number one, you know, thing because it's how we get to know one another, our likes, our dislikes, just if we have any um, conflicting views on things, if we have any conflict, you know, I teach a lot of couples about conflict management and how to go about that in a healthy way, because we're always going to have disagreements. We're humans, it's natural. Uh, But the most important thing is handling it in a healthy way. So communication for sure um, is number one, because without it, you can't kind of do anything. So would you say like outside of relationships, like, um, I guess, intimate relationships, just friendships too, would you say that's kind of like another top thing to have is just that communication aspect? Absolutely. I think in all relationships, work-related friendships, family, uh, intimate relationships, communication is so important because there's so many things that can be misunderstood. And if we don't take the time to either process or be like, hey, I didn't understand what you meant by that. Or can you clarify a little bit more? That gives room for less error, as I would say. Yeah. And so what are some, so when you, when you typically see couples, um, like what are most couples coming into you for, aside from the obvious? Yeah. So definitely, believe it or not, communication I'm not even kidding because there's so much that goes, there's a, there's typically you're going to have disagreements, right? But then you're going to have ones that are maybe you're not really going to budge. You're just always going to have conflicting views, but how do you learn to kind of go about that in a healthy way, just to know that there's a difference of opinion and how do we still coexist with that difference of opinion? Um, But I believe couples also come in when they're on like the last leg they're just like I'm retired like this is our last ditch effort to make this work and I tell people all the time you don't have to come in when it gets that bad you can come in when things are going great you can come in when you're just getting into a relationship if like premarital counseling any of that because it helps just unpack before we get too heated or just stonewalling each other which is just shutting down uh, essentially. Yeah. Uh, But people, Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. People come in for maybe finances, sex therapy. Um, again, conflict management, maybe some things that are just very difficult to talk about. And they're like, we need an objective third party to help us work through this. 
Um, but typically finances and sex are the number two are two of the biggest reasons why um, yeah. people come in. Um, is it true that um, finances is one of the biggest reasons for divorce? It can be uh, yeah. because either you're doing and sometimes sex and finances are tied together. So finances can be going really, really well, right? But then we're not having sex or vice versa, or things are so stressful, right? That we're trying to make ends meet and we're not having a lot of communication and just our intimacy is lacking and walls go up. And again, the communication kind of dissipates. Um, So they can be tied together at times, but it also could just be one or the other. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I know that um, you mentioned before, like as far as people, like when they go to to seek help from you, um, it's typically like things are like, they're about to, they're about to break up. It's getting close to the end. It's a last ditch effort. And it kind of makes me think like, we kind of do the same thing with therapy, like regular therapy, just for myself, Mm -hmm. where people kind of wait till things are really, really bad. And I definitely think like normalizing, not only going to therapy, but just going to therapy when things are fine, because yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, about the timing of like making the decision? Absolutely. So therapy is one of those things where it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't have to be horrible. Like you're at your wit's end before you go, you can go when things are great and then you can unpack kind of, okay, what is working for me well right now? What am I, what are the things that I am doing that is helping me stay at this consistent space and in a healthy place? Um, because when things do get a little rocky, how can I go back and utilize the tools that I have learned, uh, over the time when things were going great and apply them, you know, when things are maybe not, it goes for couples, it goes for individuals. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that you, again, you don't have to wait until things are out of control. Yeah. And I think we're trying to change that in the, um, in the field as well right? You normalizing therapy in general. Yeah. Just like I should probably go maybe once a month or once every other month, just kind of check in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's stuff like stuff under the rug that either you're not acknowledging or it's like playing up in another way in your life, or maybe there is nothing wrong. And like you're saying, like just a check-in is, is, is good and healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And build that relationship, you know, that with your therapist so that Maybe the first time you're coming in, you're coming in either every week or every other week. So it doesn't feel like you're kind of starting over. And then when you're in a good space, you know, dropping it down to that every other week or once a month and you're doing a check-in just, you know, this is what's going well. These are some things I'd like to work on and go from there because there's, again, trying to normalize therapy in general can really be beneficial across the board. Yeah, definitely. And as the holidays are coming up, that's a, that's another thing to think about family yeah. gets overwhelming at times or can be. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Like dealing with family during the holidays and maybe like the anxiety or just the stress that can come with that mm-hmm. for some people. So it's really important to take a look at boundaries, right? What do you have in place? that's going to safeguard yourself. that's going to safeguard your other either friends or family members so that you can function 
as well as you can during during the holidays. You know, what topics you feel may be off limits. I know a lot of things come up or, you know, when are you getting married or when are you having children or, you know, are you dating anyone yet? And how's college and all these questions and you just feel so overwhelmed, right? Coming up with an answer that is maybe not avoidant, but like a blanketed statement and kind of leaving it at that so that you feel prepared to answer those questions. I talk about boundaries a lot. Like I said, they protect you and they protect the other, you know, person. Um, I yeah. post a lot about, about boundaries. I talk, teach my clients a lot about boundaries as well, because they're so important, even with work, um, knowing yeah. a cutoff, what's a good time to end my day. And do I check emails or, you know, what is the, what is your ending your day look like? So you're not just working, 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 working. I got to go to bed, get up, do the same thing over. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I love that you talk about boundaries. And I think that is something like specifically for, Black women, we're kind of like definitely, not kind of, we're definitely raised in a way where boundaries are somewhat not not even talked about or are allowed. Like you're mm-hmm. supposed to be all for everybody. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side, if you do set boundaries, then and then you you try to basically keep them in place. And mm-hmm. tell people about them and like, you know, whether it be family members or relationships or work, then it can change how you're perceived a little bit. And people may take it as you being aggressive or mm-hmm. you being mean or rude. But I love that you talk about the importance of like for your soul, you need to set boundaries for yourself and for everybody else. Like it's so true. It's necessary. It's very necessary. And you're, you're right. And, you know, as black women, we are we're told we're so strong and you can handle it and you can, you can do it. And, and that's exhausting in itself. I don't, I don't want to be strong. I tell people, I tell, you know, women all the time, we are resilient. Okay. That means we went through the hard stuff and we bounced back, but that doesn't mean we want to stay doing the hard stuff all the time. It's okay to have help. It's okay to, you know, set boundaries and let people know, like, this is the lot of time I have to work on, you know, X project or, you know, spend with family because it does protect you. It does protect your energy and it does protect the other person, whether the other person likes it or not, um, because it impacts the way that they've always functioned. You know, that's another thing that we got to, got to work on just holding firm on those boundaries until they get it. Yes, definitely. And Let's talk a little bit about like red flags. So Mm. the past month or so, I don't know if if you're on social media a lot, like I am, I'm on it way too much, but um, (laughs) there's been lots of talk about red flags, particularly on black Twitter. And I only know about black Twitter because we get the screenshots on, on black IG. Uh (laughs) Yep, sure do. And (laughs) I've seen all these um, tweets about the red flag. So if you haven't seen it, they're basically people talking about different situations in life, specifically within relationships where there's glaring red flags and people sometimes choose to just be blind to them or not see them or ignore them. Um, And yeah, let's, let's talk about like, what is a red flag for you? So red flags, I think they, I want to say they also develop from past experiences too. 
especially if you're looking at, you know, black Twitter, um, Instagram, they became comical at a point, but it is true. Um, and they kind of, I believe go, they wrap up with, with boundaries. Um, but poor communication, because I just talked about how important that is. Um, honesty, if you feel like there, there's a, a lack of honesty or trust, um, goodness, there's, there can be so many. There's so many. I know that like some of the red flags we were talking about in relationships is just kind of like dealing with terrible communication from the start. Um, but also just dealing with people that are like just flat out disrespectful, um, mm-hmm. in whatever type of relationship that you're in with that other person, um, it reminded me, and I think we talked a little bit about this last time. I don't know if we were actually recording when we talked about it, but um, I know that there's this um, little clip, and I think it was from Jerry Springer. Oh, uh, yes. What's the guy that was a security guard on Jerry Springer? Um, Steve with the bald head. Steve, I think. Yeah. Steve, he, he had a, a spinoff show. One of those no, not Steve Harvey. Um, the Jerry Springer guy, but he was like the security guard and everybody loved him. And then they gave him his own show. Oh my gosh. This is a I'm long time ago. Blank. I know. But the clip, <laughs> the clip basically is this, this guy, he's been cheating on this girl. It's, it's a, it's a black woman and a black, black, black man. And this black guy has been cheating on her. I mean, blatantly he's mm-hmm. told her about it. This is what I'm kind of assuming from the clip the clip is like him backstage and he's confessed to doing all this these terrible disrespectful things to her yes and he turns around the host turns around and and turns to this black woman and goes so what are you gonna do and she's like i'm gonna stick beside him i'm gonna stick beside him oh and girl i was just like Oh, my soul aches for you. Yes. It, it aches for you because you deserve so much more and so much better. Yes. yes. And I can see the other side just because I've, 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 I've worked with it, but it's, it's so, yeah, that clip, oh my gosh, that clip got so many plays, but yes, the cheating there's again, if you want to go back to red flags, yeah. Cheating, blatant disrespect either raising a voice or, um, or obviously like physical, physical abuse. There are so many things that I also think you have like generic red flags. And then I think you also have ones based off of what you've experienced in your past and how like you just, one of the, those things are just not negotiable for you whatsoever. Yeah. I think it's like getting to that point, but I think about that video often. I know, I know that sounds weird, but like, I see a lot of stuff and I, and I talk to my friends about stuff that's happened and that video always plays into my mind. And I just remember not only her saying it, but just her whole like body, her facial expression Mm -hmm. saying it. And it was almost like she felt obligated to say it. Like she had to stay here, had to stay in it to be a whole person. And it makes me think about like, um, like, I know that this is kind of going off on a tangent, but I feel like particularly in the black community, but probably for a lot of different people, like historically, a successful relationship was one that 
you know, my parents have been together for 45 years and like, mm-hmm. if that's successful and like, that's the check on the box. Now, if your parents have been happy for 45 years or if the couple has been happy and respectful and, you know, yeah, had everyone has their ups and downs. Yeah. Normal ups and downs and work through it. And for the yeah. most part had a, you know, pretty blissful 45 years. Yeah. Then that's great. But I think often we forget about the women that, that could not leave that we're mm-hmm. in a position, whether, you know, it be our mothers or our grandmothers or our great grandmothers that were only with your grandpappy for 45 years because she wasn't able to get a job that could support herself or she had right. a bunch of kids and can't necessarily leave um, or based on like their living situation. And, you know, maybe nothing was in her name. So I feel like oftentimes that we forget that a successful relationship is not just one that you just stick through the, the BS basically mm-hmm. for years. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, a really good point as you think about back in the day and our grandparents and our mothers and great, great, great grandparents, and the idea that women didn't have a whole lot of, of rights, um, especially black women and having to stay with a man because of you have children together or he has, he's the one with the job that's bringing income and you're taking care of the household. So, you know, and that's all you've really ever known. Yeah. And you're kind of putting up with maybe abuse or just you're unhappy and a whole lot of communication and just talking about being unhappy was not a thing whatsoever. It was just like, I'm unhappy and I suffer through this and that's that. Mm-hmm. And you get a medal for suffering through it. Yeah. It's like, yo, y'all been through so much. Yeah. You're so yeah. strong. Like, oh, you know, and I'm just, and I think today it looks a little bit different in the sense that new things maybe come into play. So self-esteem, um, because we're able to, you know, get the job and support a household, but it's still very hard to be a single parent and run a household because there's so much that goes on, um, especially if you're working. But self-esteem, I think, is one of those things that definitely play a role or the amount of time maybe they have been together. So a couple that's maybe been together for 10 years, um, and it could be a couple that's, you know, 20-something years old or 30-something or 40-something years old. Like, well, we've spent all this time together, even if they're not married, right? Well, I've made it this far. Things have got to be better on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I also think a little bit about like the stigma and I I don't think it's so much nowadays, like maybe in the past 20, 10 or 20 years, I think it's, there's a huge shift, but prior to that, I think there was just this huge stigma of like, if you get divorced as a woman, you failed, because I feel like that stigma Mm -hmm. is not quite there in my opinion from my perspective for for men that get divorced like men can get divorced two and three times and people kind of laugh it off and then they go off Mm -hmm. and you know find somebody else or continue dating and there's not really like a stigma there when they're dating I have questions about that but okay yeah so yeah it is it is considered more so a a running joke or or laughable for on with men because it's also a lot of the times older men. And it's just like, have we maybe looked about our, looked ourselves in the mirror and thought about what is it about me that I should maybe work on so that I can stay in a, in a marriage 
versus yeah. just run either running or leaving when things get tough. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of dipping and just like running out the back door into the next relationship without mm -hmm. any thought of what happened initially. Right. But I think sometimes that stigma, that same stigma affects women completely differently where, you know, it's like you come back out into the world and people, you people know that you're divorced, maybe one or mm -hmm. two or three times, whatever it may be. And there is a stigma that maybe like you have failed or da -da 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 -da, yeah. like whatever it may be. But that is, I think sometimes that's why women stay because, or, you know, it's for the kids, like we're staying mm -hmm. for the kids. And then like mm -hmm. the kids turn 18 and all of a sudden, like they've divorced. And I mean, right. everybody has their own opinion for doing things, but I, I feel like everybody deserves to be, if they want to, be in a healthy relationship absolutely or at the minimum well not even the minimum but be happy or figure out some way to amicably like separate yeah. instead of letting it get so bad and again depending on the situation that you know you're staying for the kids but you know you may be sleeping in different rooms or just un unhappy overall um, especially yeah. with young kids um, I hear a lot about about staying together for the kids yeah yeah definitely and um as far as like the effect it can have on someone's mental health when you're mm -hmm. in this relationship and let's say you are staying together for the kids or for the health insurance like whatever it may be <laughs> um you guys just bought a house and now it's like well we don't want to move we just spent all this money now we're both kind of broke like what do we do how does this affect someone's mental health that decides to stay in an unhappy relationship yeah so a lot of anxiety can come from this right you're always just thinking okay what what is my plan of action maybe or you're worried about a list of things that you feel like you don't have resolved um sleep again not getting enough maybe getting too much um it's important to have a support system in place, whether you're going through a divorce, you're going through a breakup, or even being in a healthy relationship, just someone that you feel, even if it's an elder that you can talk to that you see has a healthy relationship um, that can guide you in, in tough times. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's a great point. I haven't actually heard somebody suggest talking to somebody else that is in a healthy relationship. I think like for me growing up, I know that there was one healthy relationship that I know to this day is still a healthy relationship. And that's with my godparents, my godmom and, mm -hmm. um, and her husband, um, shout out to Auntie Lena, if, if you're listening, <laughs> Auntie Lena. um, <laughs> but I always knew, like growing up, I didn't really see a lot of that. Like a lot of, uh, the people like if my family were divorced or they were never married, or, um, I think my grandma got divorced like two or three times, like she just wasn't with the BS and if something wasn't good, like eventually she was going to leave, which I completely yeah. respect, you know, looking back in that day and time. But mm -hmm. it was really nice for me to growing up to at least have one example of a quote unquote successful marriage or just a happy marriage. Like I just always felt like they were happy around each mm -hmm. other and kind of presenting their best selves to everyone else like they were happy they were able to be happy around everybody else too I'm sure everything yeah. is not happy every single day but that's super important to have 
some type of example around yes. you of the type of relationship that you want. Yeah. Examples are, are super important. Like you said, um, it's, and that's why kind of, I really went into this is to help people have healthy, healthy relationships. But you look at, like you said, growing up, okay, I had one really healthy example of what it looks like to be in a marriage that seems like they both hear each other, understand each other, work through difficulties and modeled that well. So, you know, people used to say, don't argue in front of the kids, but you can absolutely argue in front of the kids, but not let it get so intense that it becomes, you know, overwhelming or just, it doesn't look, there's like name calling or physical abuse or what have you, you want to keep it so that you're hearing one another. And then it's also super important that your kids see you guys make up so that you can have an argument and then see what it looks like on the other side. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. That, let, let's talk a little bit about like seeing, like, obviously we just talked about seeing healthy relationships and, and kind of wanting it to take different pieces of that, that you like and apply it to the, your own relationships but Mm -hmm. a lot of times our relationships I don't want to say a lot of times I've seen um, relationships that people are in um, even like prior to me being married relationships that I was in where it mimicked like what I saw when I was younger and I think for a lot of people that is the, the example that they saw and just simple things like you know arguing with somebody however they saw that at home whether it be unfortunately verbal or physical or emotionally abusive or just Mm -hmm. like the get up and leave type of you know type of response um oftentimes like I feel like it comes from us just doing what we've kind of been taught Mm -hmm. growing up yeah and whether that was explicitly taught or inexplicitly taught you're getting some information either way and I I also talk a lot about attachment with with people as well what did your bond look like with your mom? What did your bond look like with your father? Um, because that's also what's going to show up in your relationships when you're looking for a partner. And if you don't address those things, uh, then you see yourself re- repeating those cycles or even creating new ones that you had no idea were going to come out um, or even aware of how it showed up with your rela- the relationship with your, your parents. Yeah. So how, like, how does somebody kind of like stop the cycle? Like, let's say somebody maybe didn't have a healthy relationship. Um, Maybe their parents were together and are still together to this day, Mm -hmm. but it was never a healthy relationship. And now they find themselves, or maybe they, they haven't figured out that they are repeating the same behavior. Like what are some suggestions when it comes to like your own red flags for your own behavior? Yeah. I always encourage people, especially when they start dating, first identify what it is that you want. What is it that you are looking for? And what do you constitute as a healthy relationship? Because everyone's version of healthy may be different, um, but there is some sort of standard of healthy. Obviously, physical and emotional abuse is, is nobody wants that but if that's all you've ever known that might be what they consider healthy so first taking a look at what is it that I want in a partner I always tell people give themselves three to five non-negotiables that typically are like religion children really really big big things because you're probably not changing somebody's mind if they don't want 
kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also important to know that before you get married and you're like, oh, I want kids. And the other person is still absolutely no. Yeah. Um, and then for yourself, identifying what it is, your patterns, maybe looking at previous relationships, even friendships and identifying what patterns or what do you typically see that shows up when you get into an argument. If you're in an argument with somebody, do you kind of just let it go, let it dissipate? And then maybe two weeks later, you come back and you're like, hey, you know, let's go grab lunch or something. Are you avoidant? Do you, are you okay with conflict? And conflict doesn't have to be, you know, anger and just yelling and screaming and just be like, hey, I noticed, you know, something's off between the two of us and I want to work this out. Um, and identifying patterns with maybe when you were growing up, and that may be a little bit more challenging to do individually. So therapy can definitely help kind of unpack those things one at a time. Yeah. A therapist will definitely let you know that some of that stuff that you're doing, you've always done it. That's always done it. (laughs) Always. This is not new. Yeah. Not new. You might be 20, 25, 35, 45, whatever it may be. But a therapist will call you out and let you know, like, well, actually, have you noticed that you've been doing this your whole life? Yep. And it, and then, and it might feel different, but it's, it might look a tad different, but it's still the same cycle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And when I say um, a tad different, I mean with different people. Yeah. And that some of that stuff I'm, I'm assuming is like, can show up in friendships or relationships Mm -hmm. or work or just like Mm -hmm. how you interact with strangers. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, we've, we've talked a little bit about like your, like basically dealing with relationships and how it could possibly affect your mental health and some of the reasons like why people stay. Um, what are some reasons I know you mentioned like some reasons why, men tend to leave. Um, but what are some reasons why like people in general tend to leave when I, I want to say in your perspective, there's a, there's a possibility of fixing things. Mm-hmm. It depends what they are when they're coming into me, are they at their wits end or are they coming in? And it, well, again, if it's a marriage or if it's just, if they're just, a pretty long-term relationship um, kind of talking about what it is that they again wanting to address and figuring out okay have you guys had this conversation before if you have what are some things that have come up what are things that maybe you have addressed or have tried differently and going from there um, people leave for all different types of reasons and even stay like we talked about with women maybe finances um or just long periods of time and hoping that things will get better um yeah a whole range of reasons huh yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. um so kind of if there's people listening and maybe they are in a relationship um what are your, like, what are a couple suggestions that you have for people that right now that maybe they're not at their wits end, but they're struggling in their relationship and maybe they've thought about therapy. Maybe they've thought about maybe separating for a little bit. Like, what are some 
um, pieces of advice that you may have for them? Yeah. First feel, uh, get maybe some support from an individual therapist. If you, if you already have one and kind of talking through how you're feeling, what kind of, what options that you're thinking about, um, and then coming to your partner and if, having a conversation, like where kind of a temperature check, where do you think that we are at? How do you think this relationship is going? You know, this is my perspective. And I think that we might benefit from therapy. And I've had people say like, you know, it's really hard to get my, you know, partner on board. How do I go about doing that? And the fact of the matter is you can't make anybody go to therapy. That's just um, as much as you want, maybe want them to go, you can't make anyone do anything. They're not willing to do. Um, so at that point, really addressing with yourself, okay, if my partner's not willing to go, how can I feel best supported in this relationship right now? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, if anybody is listening and let's say, I know that you mentioned that you do telehealth sessions for anybody that's not in kind of the, the Atlanta area, um, or in Georgia, um, where can people find well, they, have they, to be in Georgia. Oh, they, they have, have to be, to be in Georgia. Oh, they have to be in Georgia. Yes. Okay. I am, yes. Provisional license. I have my provisional license in the state of Georgia. Okay. So, um, maybe later down the road, there'll be some more States for right now. It's just Georgia. Yeah. Okay. They can, they can find me, um, on psychology today, um, by typing in my name, Amber Johnson, or they can contact me, uh, through email which is amberjohnson.therapy at gmail.com or my Instagram, you can DM me, but honestly, I'm not going to, I don't engage um, via, like I don't give any therapy, therapeutic advice. If you find my contact information, it's also listed there and you can send me an email. Perfect. Or perfect. give me a phone call. Yeah. So if you need some advice and you are in Georgia, um, definitely hit up Amber and I will definitely put all of her information in the description, give her a call, send her an email. Um, if you're not in Georgia and you just would like to follow her on Instagram, I'll throw that in there too. Um, like she said, you're not going to get any, you know, advice through DMs. So <laughs> if you're not in Georgia, you might have to find somewhere else, but um, definitely stay um, we'll definitely stay in touch. Um, I know I like to repost some of your stuff. Um, it's really helpful, but yeah, it's always nice to have like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love seeing, um, I just really like seeing people that are in the mental health arena, uh, professionally and like to see what they post. And because it is a different perspective, like I'm here, like as a regular person, but you guys see, um, you guys, you guys have a completely different perspective than most of us. And so it is really cool just to follow, you know, people like you on Instagram. So yeah. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> well, thank you, Amber. Um, that, that was, that was really, that was, I love this episode. I love talking to you. So you're always, you always have an open invitation to come back. Um, awesome. awesome. <laughs> I love it here. <laughs> Yay! Here in the virtual world, one of these days we'll do a live show. You know? Yes, I would love that. I would love <laughs> yes. that. Yes, but um, thank you, Amber. I appreciate you. Um, appreciate you taking the time out. And um, happy holidays to you and your family. I don't know if we'll be able to 
to talk before. I know the holidays are busy. So if you're listening, happy holidays. Um, happy everything that you celebrate. Um, enjoy time with your family. Set those boundaries. Don't let up. Set <laughs> no matter those boundaries. how good the turkey is, <laughs> no matter how many family members are in the kitchen begging to know about your business, um, set those boundaries. Leave early if you have to. And yeah, just take care of yourself this season. Yes, absolutely. Take care of yourself. That self-care is so important, even in the holidays. Especially in the holidays. (laughs) Well, thank you to everybody that's tuned in to another episode. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to everybody that continues to tune in, everybody that leaves a review. Um, I really appreciate you. Um, I look at the stats and, you know, we're growing like every month. And that's really exciting to see. Um, it's also really exciting to see people in different countries, shout out to the listeners in New Zealand, um, the listeners in the UK, like that's insane to me that people are actually like going on their phone and listening to this, but I'm so happy that people like Amber are able to connect with people all over. So, um, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays to everybody. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Black Girls Have Anxiety 2. No matter where you are in the world, I really appreciate your support. See you again on the next episode, but until then, follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Have Anxiety 2 and on Twitter at Anxious Black Girls. That's Anxious BLK Girls. And remember, just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have to struggle in silence. The more we talk about it, the more we heal. <laughs>